This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Tonight, coronavirus cases and hospitalizations fall across the country, but concern rises that the more contagious strains of COVID could erase progress. Tonight, on his third day in office, President Biden signs more executive orders to address the pandemic fallout, proposing a $15 federal minimum wage and promising to get stimulus checks to the 8 million Americans who were left out. We need to act. No matter how you look at it, we need to act. The race to vaccinate. Experts warn new variants could be more lethal, but supplies are drying up and appointments are being canceled. Plus, the new CDC recommendations should you wear two masks. Testing positive. 150 members of the National Guard sent to protect the Capitol have coronavirus as the First Lady surprises the soldiers with a thank you cookie. Impeachment trial looming. The House prepares to send the impeachment articles on Monday. Could Trump's Senate trial begin next week? History at the Pentagon. Lloyd Austin, the first African-American Secretary of Defense, reports for duty. Farewell to a baseball legend. We'll remember Hank Aaron, who stood up to hate while breaking records. Lotto frenzy. Tickets selling fast as Mega Millions hits a billion dollars. And on the road with Steve Hartman, an act of kindness puts a pizza delivery man back in the driver's seat. You know, I couldn't believe it. It's almost like it's surreal. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news on those highly contagious new strains of coronavirus. Tonight, health experts are warning that mutations of the virus, known as variants, not only spread faster than the original virus, they may also be more deadly. At least one of those powerful new variants is already spreading across the U.S., with cases found in about half of all states. Scientists say that makes rapidly ramping up vaccinations nationwide more important than ever. And it comes just as major cities say... They're running out of doses. Well, tonight, New York City says its stockpile of shots is nearly empty and won't be replenished by the federal government until early next week. At the same time, there is some good news. Reports of hospitalizations are dropping nationwide and are at their lowest point in nearly a month. Still, with concerns growing that those new new variants could soon send the rate of new cases soaring again, tonight the CDC is suggesting Americans may now need to change the type of masks that we're wearing. Well, we've got a lot of new reporting tonight, including some breaking news about when former President Trump will stand trial in the Senate. Our team is standing by with all the latest news. CBS's Mola Lenghi is going to lead off our coverage tonight from New York City. Good evening, Mola. Well, Nora, New York City will run out of vaccines by the end of the day, according to the governor's office, which is why officials have closed 15 vaccine distribution centers like this high school. Today, 1.6 million Americans were vaccinated, which is a new record. But time is critical, as the CDC now predicts that that new, potentially more dangerous strain of the virus could be the dominant strain in the U.S. by March. It's a desperate race, getting vaccine doses into arms before the new, far more contagious variant takes hold. The UK variant now detected in at least 22 states amid a stark warning today from British Prime Minister Boris Johnson that the new strain could be 30 percent more deadly, all as the United States faces a vaccine reckoning. We will, by the end of today, fully utilize all of the dosages that have been delivered. In hard-hit California, this frontline worker just got her first dose. But applying for the second vaccine has been a nightmare. I trusted the officials when they said, okay, we got you, healthcare workers. California today setting a record for COVID deaths. In Los Angeles County, 14,000 have now died from the virus, 4,000 just since New Year's Day. In this neighborhood, a clear sign of the times, warning of the risk. Well over 400,000 lives lost nationwide and lost opportunities to address the crisis sooner, says Dr. Anthony Fauci, interviewed for CBS Sunday Morning. We could have saved a lot of lives. Is that a fair statement? I believe so. I mean, I, I think if we had had the public health messages from the top right through down to the people in the trenches be consistent that things might have been different. In fact, I'm pretty sure they would have been different. The latest push from the CDC calls for all masks to be worn in public and should have at least two layers of fabric. COVID's toll on healthcare workers profound. I have constant, constant, constant anxiety. Lindsay Johnson is a Houston nurse who has worked nonstop with COVID patients. This is what affects her most. When you see a virus killing people, And then you hear people wanting to argue about it. It wrecked me. Breaking news from the CDC tonight. Health officials now say that you can receive that second dose of vaccine up to six weeks after that first shot. So that's uh, twice as long as the initial guidance. But ideally, that six weeks is the exception, not the rule, Nora. 
Malalenghi, thank you so much. And for more now on how to protect ourselves, we turn to CBS News chief medical correspondent, Dr. John LaPook. Dr. LaPook, wow, these new variants, we're hearing they're more contagious, they could be more deadly. And the CDC has some new guidance about wearing masks with two or more layers. So the question, do we need to wear two masks? Nor the science is now clear that masks help reduce spread. And the idea is more layers give more protection. So two or three layers is better than one. And the idea is to create a kind of obstacle course that helps block the virus. Now, those layers can be in a single mask or you can double mask. The fit is so very important. So, for example, you can wear a surgical mask with a tighter fitting cloth mask over it. Or there are masks that have a pocket in the middle of two layers of fabric, and you can put a filter in that pocket. Right now, the emergence of these new variants that Mola talked about makes it so important to try to up our game when it comes to mask wearing. All right, double masking. Also this, are the current prevention measures going to be enough given what we know about these new, more transmissible variants? You know, masks help, but they shouldn't give people a false sense of security. And now we've got vaccination finally. And Nora, for me, these new variants make it even more important for us to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as possible. The metronome just picked up pace so we can get this pandemic under control before these variants spread even further and become more of a problem. Such important information, Dr. John LaPook. Thank you. In his first 55 hours as president, Joe Biden has signed 29 executive actions. The two today were focused on economic relief with hopes to speed up aid to struggling Americans. We get more now from CBS's Nancy Cordes. The first one is the economic relief. One executive order the president signed today directs government agencies to find ways to pay all federal workers and contractors a minimum wage of $15 an hour. We're in a national emergency. We need to act like we're in a national emergency. The other executive order urges the Agriculture Department to boost pandemic food benefits for low-income families by 15 percent. It's meant to help parents like Craig Olds of Baytown, Texas, who lost his steel mill job in September. The food bank will open, say, at 9 a.m. in the morning. I'll get there three hours early just so I make sure I'm actually in the line far enough that I'll get food. But executive orders only go so far. Without legislation, agencies can move money around, but they can't generate more of it. That's why President Biden is trying to sell lawmakers on a new $1.9 trillion plan. We cannot, will not let people go hungry. We cannot let people be evicted because of nothing they did themselves. But Congress just passed a $900 billion relief bill last month. The yeas are 359. And the appetite on the right for another package twice the size is low. We're not going to get uh, Republican votes or something in that price range. The White House press secretary was asked today whether Dr. Deborah Burks, a key member of President Trump's coronavirus task force, is still working at the White House. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. In an exclusive interview with Face the Nation moderator Margaret Brennan, Dr. Burks accused the Trump White House of censoring her and of feeding the president false and rosy data, even as hundreds of thousands died. Did you ever consider quitting? Always. I mean, why would you want to put yourself through that um, every day? I had to ask myself every morning, is there something that I think I can do that would be helpful in responding to this pandemic. And it's something I asked myself every night. 
Tonight, two of Mr. Biden's cabinet members are on the job, including former General Lloyd Austin, the nation's first African-American defense secretary. And we expect that two more of President Biden's cabinet picks for Treasury and state will be confirmed early next week. And over the weekend, members of his economic team are going to be speaking with a bipartisan group of senators to try to find some common ground on a new COVID package. Nora. They're working around the clock. All right. Nancy Cordes, thank you. And there's breaking news. The Senate just said President Trump will go on trial February 8th. He faces one charge of inciting the Capitol riot. CBS's Chris Van Cleve has late reporting from the Capitol. For the second time in just over a year, an article of impeachment against President Donald Trump will be walked across the Capitol and delivered to the Senate Monday, immediately triggering the start of the former president's trial. The Senate will conduct a trial of the impeachment of Donald Trump. It will be a full trial. It will be a fair trial. Tonight, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced the trial will begin the second week of February. Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who has blamed Mr. Trump for the assault, was pushing for such a delay. We need a full and fair process where the former president can mount a defense and the Senate can properly consider the factual, legal and constitutional questions. President Biden today said he was open to a delay as it would give the Senate more time to approve his cabinet. The more time we have to get up and running and meet these crises, the the better. Senate Democrats need 17 Republicans to join them to convict Mr. Trump. None are yet on board, and some are questioning having a trial at all. It's unconstitutional. It sets a bad precedent for the presidency, and it continues to divide the nation. The National Guard protecting the Capitol got a visit from the First Lady today, who brought cookies and thanked them for their efforts. Over half of the nearly 26,000 troops in Washington will start heading home in the coming days. But Thursday night, thousands found themselves booted out of the Capitol by police and moved to a parking garage. Members of Congress were outraged and got the soldiers back inside within hours. The National Guard and the Capitol Police put out a joint statement today, essentially making nice, saying they are united in a common mission. We have now learned just tonight that at least 38 Capitol Police officers and about 150 National Guardsmen have come down with COVID since the January 6th siege on the Capitol that was led by a largely maskless crowd. Nora. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. All right, if you play the lottery, listen to this. The jackpot for tonight's Mega Millions drawing just grew to $1 billion. That has players flocking to what they hope are lucky locations. Here's CBS's Jamie Ucas. Even though the odds of winning are more than one in 302 million, Kimberly Kinyakshni is hopeful. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling lucky. That's why she and others came to the La Paz Liquor Store in Burbank, California. It sold other winners. I think everybody wants to help each other, you know, and especially during this time. Someone in Maryland got lucky on Wednesday, winning the Powerball and more than 730 million. Jody Litchfield <laughs> is hoping she's next. Dollars. I would retire, first and foremost, retire from my career. What do you do? <laughs> Work for the airlines. Okay, which, which airline? Southwest. So, hey, Southwest, Jody's not going to be there on Monday. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? Um, we'll wait till tonight. <laughs> like to be optimistic. A winning attitude because there's always a chance. Jamie Yukis, CBS News, Los Angeles. 
Today, we lost one of baseball's greatest players. Hank Aaron was 86 years old. Hammer and Hank broke a record once considered unbreakable, while facing hatred with strength and dignity. CBS's Jim Axelrod has a look back. There's a long drive. It is gone. After Jackie Robinson's breaking of the color barrier, Hank Aaron's 715th home run was the most significant baseball moment when it comes to race and culture. A black man had hit more home runs than Babe Ruth, the most of any major leaguer ever. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. The chase to break the record made Aaron a target for racists. He received death threats and piles and piles of hate mail. He carried a special burden, always with grace and dignity. I got millions and millions of pieces of mail from people that were resentful simply because of the fact that who I was and they just was not ready for a black man to break that record. Henry Lewis Aaron was born in 1934 in Mobile, Alabama, one of eight children. He broke into pro ball as an 18-year-old, playing in the old Negro Leagues, something he spoke to CBS News about last summer. Everything that I ever learned in baseball, I learned it because of the Negro League. Hammer and Hank would go on to play 23 years in the big leagues. He not only was the home run king, he had 3,771 hits, the third most ever, won three gold gloves, and is still the all-time leader in runs batted in. I couldn't be half-stepping. I had to play baseball the way it was supposed to be played. 25 times an all-star, Hank Aaron was a shoe-in for Cooperstown. But what elevates him to an American treasure wasn't just what he did, but how he did it. Jim Axelrod, CBS News. With professionalism, strength, and grace. Five-time Olympic swimming medalist Cleet Keller appeared in court today on charges of taking part in the deadly assault on the U.S. Capitol. Keller was seen wearing his team USA jacket. He's charged with disorderly conduct and obstructing officers. And new court documents show federal agents recovered a sniper rifle and numerous high-powered weapons in the home of Eric Munchell of Nashville. Investigators believe he and his 56-year-old mother may have stashed weapons outside the Capitol before entering the building. Tonight, we want to recognize Tom Brokaw, who announced his retirement today at the age of 80 after 55 years at NBC News. You know, Tom's the only person to anchor all three of the network's primary news shows, Nightly News Today and Meet the Press. You may remember his 1998 1998 book, The Greatest Generation. It gave a name to an entire generation of Americans who served or came of age during World War II. We want to wish Tom and his wife, Meredith, many happy years of retirement. You know, a smile doesn't cost a dime, but sometimes it brings a big reward. Here's Steve Hartman with tonight's On the Road. A pizza delivery man got a much bigger piece of the pie this month when a customer here in Tipton, Indiana, tipped him way more than 15%. You know, I couldn't believe it. It's almost like it's surreal. Robert Peters has been delivering pizzas 31 years. Pizza Hut says he's one of their longest tenured delivery people which Robert admits isn't something most folks aspire to. There are people in my family that were, you know, say maybe you should consider something a little bit more financially stable, but um, it is my purpose in life. 
trying to make people happy. You know, when you're delivering to somebody, you may be the only face they even see all day. It's good to see you again. You and it's that attitude. Hey, how you doing? Combined with an almost obsessive devotion to customer service. I always appreciate you, man. That has earned Robert a real reputation in this town. So thank you so much. Tanner Langley is a regular. Take care. He says, God forbid you pay for a pizza, and Robert can't make exact change. He'll drive three or four miles down the road in a blizzard just to bring you, you know, 15 cents in change. But you're tipping him anyway. Yeah. Why does 15 cents matter? It's the moral of it. He didn't want to feel like you had to tip him because he didn't have the change. After so many experiences like that, Tanner felt compelled to give Robert a tip, commensurate with his job performance. So he reached out to the community and asked them to pitch in to buy Robert a new car. Robert's 93 olds was an ancient. But in just three days... The good people of Tipton donated enough for this. Oh, wow. A shiny red Chevy Malibu, plus insurance and gas money, $19,000 total. Tanner, how do you explain this? That's what I'm saying. That is the type of impact that he has on people. And that really makes me, makes me feel really, really good inside. Here are your keys. This week, we got a new president. But Robert proves the most important job in America. In fact, the only job that you know can make the world a better place is yours. Thank you. You too. Thank you. See you later. Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. That is the tip of a lifetime. We can tell you this is apparently the first car that Robert has ever had that was made in the 21st century. Remember, that's American kindness. Sunday on Face the Nation, more of Margaret Brennan's stunning interview with Dr. Deborah Burks. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Hope you have a great weekend. Good night. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them? and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.